Welcome to Tunes and Tumblers by Atwood Magazine, a podcast where we believe that music is best enjoyed with a drink in your hand. Every week we create original craft cocktails and mocktails to pair with the songs of our favorite artists and invite them into the bar for a toast. So sit back, put up your feet, and enjoy a cold one on us. If you're a fan of the show or maybe just entering the bar for the first time, be sure to subscribe and give us a rating wherever you're listening. And if you'd like to buy us around, check out our Patreon. That link is in the bottom of the episode description. And, and anyway, uh, I'm your host, Anthony, and if you're listening today, I'm sure you're already in your costumes and ready to trick-or-treat with the rest of your adult friends. I'm currently dressed up as my career, which explains the clown makeup that I have on. But, you know, enough of that. Let's get into it so you can enjoy all the candy and obligatory Barbenheimer outfits that you see tonight. Please enjoy these frights responsibly. But we all know that drinking alone is a sad, sad business, so I invited someone who's dressed up way more glamorous than me, and she is... Madeline. Oh, welcome, Madeline, our wonderful producer. And rounding out our panel today is a very talented amateur mixologist and professional singer who specializes in classical choral music. We have definitely been underrepresented in that realm, so we're, we're going to beef up our knowledge with them in that department. Tunes and Tumblers fam, please welcome Shay Stickley to the pod. Howdy. Thank you so much for being here. I'm so glad that we got you on here. Woohoo. As soon as I saw your mixology account, I'm like, we really need them. <laughs> My amateur mixology. That's that's the important question. <laughs> for now. For now. But maybe <laughs> with enough followers, we can change that for you. Hmm. We got to get okay. that sponsorship going. Well, you know, I hear that there is a costume party inside the Tunes and Tumblers bar, so we need to get in there. But first, Bouncer is checking IDs. Did you bring anything you could show him today? I did. I brought my high school CD case zip up that I used to keep in my car at all times. Let's see what I got. I've got some Animal Collective, Fall Be Mumford and Sons. Wait, how old is this? This is from high school, so circa 2011. That's when I graduated. (sighs) So, you like know, right, right in the years. come up. D- did I just feel old for a second? I think I just felt old. <laughs> That's when I graduated I like years uh, college than you. was 2011. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, Animal Collective Meriwether Post Pavilion. Ugh. Yes. I, mm-hmm. I way overplayed that album and I ruined it forever. That is the album where I decided to enforced a rule that once something starts getting a little old to me, I stop listening to it for at least a month because I want to preserve that special. Animal Collective's always been like my white whale. Yeah, I, yeah. I want to get into them. I'm just, I'm working on it. <laughs> I hear it. I'm like, this is, I know this is like it's good. It's taste. I need to figure out what headspace to be in to, because there is stuff like I like a lot. And then there's stuff mm-hmm. that's like, I'm going to get more cultured and figure this out. Yeah, it's, I, it's pretty experimental. <laughs> you know, it's not for everybody. Another recommendation is Panda Bear, who is one of the members. Yeah, I did yeah. like some of Jam that I heard. I remember liking that one. Mm-hmm. Strawberry Jam, I think. Blueberry <laughs> Jelly by Animal Collective. You heard <sighs> it, it here so first. good. Boys okay, what berry. else do I got in here? I've got Dr. Dog, Fate. Oh, my mm. God. Wow, Ooh. this is really bringing Bleak me back boxes, right now. Lovely Foxes. Gorillas, Demon Days. That was high school for me. So that was what, middle school for you? <laughs> 
I don't know when it came out. <laughs> Chairlift, does you inspire you? I'm really glad that our bouncer loves uh, CD books. So he's just going to cool. take that and look at it while we're in the bar. Yeah, there's <laughs> some gems in there. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Mine was just the thing is, when I was in middle school, like everyone had one of those books in like their mom's minivan mm -hmm. and everyone had the same Linkin Park album and the same Limp Biscuit album <laughs> and also System of a Down Toxicity. Mm -hmm. I it think I've a, got some code in there. Yes. I hope they're doing okay. I really hope they're fine. But you know what? <laughs> <laughs> well, I just saw, okay, so there's an Armenian bakery near where I live and they have some really good vegan pastries that I love. I'm vegan, by the way. I have to say that. It's, it's <laughs> a requirement of being a vegan. I'm a card carrying vegan. Anyway, and they have a sign out front of Serge Tankian holding like a cup of coffee. I guess he has his own coffee company now. Oh, wow. I don't know. That's so metal. It is. <laughs> He's like, I don't know. I love it. The last I heard, System of a Down's uh, members are a little conflicted on what their politics are. <laughs> Very political is, band. So that's yeah, surprising. I think like the drummer or something was like, uh, I'm not into all this mm. politics going on. It's like, yo, what band have you been in for the last like 30 years? Like, what's yeah. Going yeah. On? Wasn't he like MAGA uh, or something? Yeah. He's like, yeah. Which is so funny because like every song is like, what? Did you listen to prison song and think like, oh, it's about how cool prisons are? Are. like no <laughs> what are you talking about anyway don't read the comments on any post on instagram that's about system of a down because like it'll be a bunch of trump supporters being like don't you understand that like the politics of system of a down align perfectly with the maga movement and i'm just like what court kind of brain worms just like bored holes in your they say that about rage against the machine also which is yeah. like so amazing to me and it's now hilarious. they rage for the machine that's number one comment all the time now they rage for the machine i need a drink if we're going to keep talking about music and politics uh, welcome to the Tunes and Tumblers <laughs> bar, Shay. Ordinarily, we have our own cocktail artist behind the bar, but I hear you're picking up the shift today. Do you have a cocktail for us to enjoy? I do. It's something I came up with just this morning in preparation for this, but actually it's been on my mind for a few months. I wanted an apple themed drink, you know, which is perfect for fall time now. I'm really digging into the fall vibes. I've got my cozy sweater on, but also being realistic because we're in Southern California. I have shorts and I brought sandals. So <laughs> cozy, but also it's LA. Anyway, so going into the apple theme, kind of, you know, around Appalachian area in America theme, got some bourbon and it's got some apple liqueur and it's also balanced with some apple cranberry juice. So it's garnished also with some thyme just for some herbalness and a little slice of Granny Smith apple to add a little tart to. Yeah, uh, I've, I'm going to I'm not even going to pretend that I've just been eyeing this the whole time. I've been <laughs> sipping pretty regularly <laughs> as we've been talking. It's uh, really good. I really is, like it. I'm glad you like it. It is quite delicious. It's accessible. And especially because Halloween is today, I'm glad that we've got like a little bit of a pregame drink here. Yeah. Um, yes. It's more cozy than spooky, but you know, yeah. I guess I I, I love the apple slices as yeah. like a chaser, as, as you were explaining yeah. to me earlier, because it really does work to like balance out yeah, the, it opens the, up the alcohol the... of the drink. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I recommend just like a little nibble. Otherwise, the apple kind of the fresh apple kind of overpowers the drink. But yeah, kind of experiment taking a bite before a sip, after a sip, during the sip, if you want to chew your drink. <laughs> I've been chewing it the whole time. <laughs> Okay, that's good to know. But yeah, I thought we could workshop the name today. Mm. I was, because I'm always a punny person, I was thinking bone apple tea. Ooh. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's, like that's pretty good. Yeah, I don't know if we're going to come up better. Because the bone for Halloween? I don't know. Yeah, that yeah. works. I think we're done with that conversation. Oh, great. <laughs> yeah, that's really good. Well Moving done, team. On. Yes. <laughs> bone apple tea. So enjoy it. Bone apple tea. Cheers, everyone. Cheers. Cheers. 
listeners, when we come back, we're going to be talking, the three of us, all about what's been going on in October, some Halloween stories we've had on deck, and like maybe some music that we're excited for next month. So stick around. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Listeners, welcome back. We're here with Shay Stickley, amateur mixologist and yes. professional singer. And we are going to get into the meat of our show here. In the spirit of Halloween, I've chosen a few spooky things that have happened this October for us to discuss. As always, I want your hottest, most terrifying take on these. And I think the scariest thing that has happened so far this month is Spotify has proposed changes to its royalty model. And, you know, surprise, surprise, like everything with streaming is changing. Things are getting more expensive people are getting less money for what they do Mm -hmm. the ones that i've been hearing are if you're making noise tracks they have to be you have to listen to them longer than 30 seconds because 30 seconds is the cutoff right now to get royalties for your stream you have to listen to it way longer they're gonna like penalize people who just put out like noise and and ambient tracks that are just there to like you know rack up money they're gonna start penalizing them and then the big thing when they restructure the royalty system it will demonetize tracks that had previously received 0.5% of Spotify's royalty pool. So presumably, they're saying that this will combat fraud, but it means that artists who don't generate a lot of money, like basically this is what it is. If you don't get a lot of money from streaming, your royalties are going to go to other people who do generate more streaming. So for people that didn't really make money at all, they're going to just be making zero instead of like nothing, which is what they were making before. Right. Yeah, I mean, it's like I was kind of thinking about before with it, like Spotify streaming has always been bad and horrible for artists, mm-hmm. especially independent artists. And now it sounds like it's just going to be worse. It's kind of like a state that had one abortion clinic. Now they have zero abortion clinics, thanks to the Supreme. very strange analogy, I know. But <laughs> like it was already really, really bad. Now it's just like they're just going full face off like, oh, we never wanted to give you money, period. We're just going to give it mm-hmm. to all these rich people instead which is insane it's absolutely crazy yeah i mean i completely agree like spotify is the place where people listen to music the most nowadays so there's like no way around using it it's like anybody who's just like fuck amazon we have to use amazon it's like almost impossible to to shop online without using amazon unless you try very almost very impossible. hard almost that's almost. the operative word I, I will say i am pretty passionate about saying fuck you to daddy bezos I think I've bought one thing on Amazon in the past like three, five years or something. But I will say I'm a hypocrite because I know that Spotify is not good for artists. What's the old phrase? There's no such thing as ethical consumption under capitalism. Mm -hmm. The problem is we have monopolies now. We've had monopolies for decades, but now we have super monopolies now. So like if you use Spotify and you're upset about it, like what do you do? You go on Apple Music, they're still screwing over artists. Like there's really Mm -hmm. nothing you can... you can do because all of the major players, which is again is like a hand 
handful of companies are all like very much undercutting the artists to almost nothing. I mean, add to this that like these companies also don't make money themselves from streaming. Like the whole system is really, really backwards for making money for anyone. Basically, like Napster just like destroyed the music industry because they didn't know how to like figure out how to make money mm -hmm. from like streaming something. And they really still haven't. Like even like film companies still haven't figured out streaming like Netflix and Disney Plus are all raising their subscription prices because they can't think mm -hmm. of anything else to make money. They don't. What if they cut? OK, hear me out. What if they cut the salaries of their executives? No, 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 no. They're the ones who do the most work. They, they just <laughs> I can't even keep a straight face. <laughs> The ir ironic thing about that, and this could be wrong now, but like I checked this a while ago, a comparison of the payout system of all of the music streaming services that exist. The number one streaming service, the one that pays the most to artists per stream is Napster. Mm -hmm. Isn't that nuts? Yeah, because it's a universally owned uh, program. You know, the, the, the less middlemen, the less executives you have in charge of something, the more the money can go to like the people that actually work and make the thing. That way you can have a money stream that goes to the artists and that goes to the people that, you know, make the website work, the actual programmers and graphic designers, the people that hold the, the, the drives and all the storage to keep all the music. Like these are the only people that should be being paid money executives can disappear and the whole thing will still work probably better honestly <laughs> if they all just like were gone like a day without an executive or something like n nothing would change so yeah i hate this world that <laughs> we live in so let's imagine a better world if you were in charge of your own streaming service how would you distribute royalties i don't know just like a higher percentage going to the artists that actually make the music that people are listening to i mean sure yes under the capitalist i think for example, Spotify needs to make some money in order to, you know, hold music and uh, distribute it. But it's the music. That's the product. You, you're selling a product. You should pay artists. I, I think the entire idea of a streaming service needs to change from the ground up. And I'm not yeah. smart enough to know what burn that it looks down. Yeah. The, the infrastructure <laughs> is that or like the the setup of a streaming service already closely resembles like a co-op. Like if you take mm, away yeah. the executives, like you pay into it and then like there's people who oversee the distribution and like the infrastructure, like all of the digital infrastructure and everything. But then like everything gets distributed like based on percentages and like nobody is taking like an overhead. Like it's basically what you said, but you know, it's it's owned and operated by the artists. There, there are a lot of uh, things to think about. I, I, I think this is a much more complicated problem than any person one person can solve maybe I well don't good know. thing there's three of us there's here. three of us here thank <laughs> god because because the main problems are one you know getting the money to fund the service the idea is that if we get rid of all the executives and everything like that first off when you say if i was running a streaming service i wouldn't be running a streaming service that'd Same. be thing number one we would all be collectively have some kind of ownership like you said if everyone's paying in a certain amount of price to see the art to have all the artists the second question becomes, how do you pay artists? Do you pay artists by views or a certain count? Then you, of course, run into the problem that an artist with the most amount of money will probably be able to get the most amount of plays on their thing. Because if you imagine a large group of people making an amount of music, how do you get it so that 
there is an equal chance for all of them to be presented. Get rid of payola. Get, get rid of payola. Unfortunately, though, we still, even with payola, we still do live under a capitalist system. So even if you have a streaming site where everybody's working equal, you are still going to have like uh, Imagine Dragons or a Taylor Swift that has the resources to produce a huge amount of money through a marketing campaign, even if it's not through your streaming site. They can do it through other ways, which gets people to go onto that streaming site and listen to basically only that artist. So curation is also going to be a big problem with figuring out how streaming sites go forward. Well, right. But then I feel like part of this utopian streaming service that we're creating right now is that, yes, people come to the service for Beyonce, etc. But the algorithm needs to promote the indie musicians and promote up and comers. I would and... get rid of the algorithm entirely. There wouldn't yeah. be an algorithm. I think all algorithms. You don't buy... trust the robots? No, I think all <laughs> algorithms by their nature will homogenize as much as they can. Mm. I used to really enjoy Spotify's daily mixes. Now they're absolute garbage. Mm. I don't know what happened. Oh, they uh, became complete just gibberish to me. I, I barely listen to Spotify. I just have it by design because I need to run this show. Right. Um, I, also, I, I use Apple Music. That's my primary one. I don't like it that much. I do know that they pay twice as much to artists and they're not doing this like full on shift in their royalty payout. But I'm not I'm not going to sit here and defend an evil corporation. I'm sorry about that. But like one thing I've noticed because I've barely used Spotify is that like when they make me mixes, it puts on like weird shit, like really weird indie shit. Mm -hmm. I, I really enjoy that the ones that they give me in general are artists that have like under 100,000 listeners. Mm. And, and of course, they'll throw me a Taylor Swift. And I'm like, when was the last time I listened to Taylor Swift? <laughs> I, I have nothing yeah. against Taylor Swift, everybody. Please don't dox me and send SWAT to my home. <laughs> He's okay. No she's, she's got some bangers. <laughs> Remember when the Swifties came after Pitchfork for giving Folklore an 8 out of 10? Because A good it, score? Yeah. Yeah, because it like brought down <laughs> her Metacritic they score. They, they said they liked it. They, they said they liked it a lot. <laughs> They got in trouble for it. They got in so much trouble. That's like when people give like a big video game like a 7 out of 10 or an 8 out of 10 instead of a 10 out of 10 and just like fans lose their minds. How dare you give a Legend of Zelda game a 7.5 <laughs> uh, off with your head? So I think perhaps to move on from this topic. In conclusion, I, I think for me at least streaming sites need to be completely rethought from, from the ground up mm -hmm. if you are going to include advertisements or sponsors within a streaming site obviously the best situation is not but then where does the money come from figuring out a model that not only works for artists but works for consumers and can make everyone happy and i mean even then like you are still going to get destroyed by like the bigger industries that can afford to like just lose a billion dollars to put you out of business i mean it's the the doordash and the um lift like model all over again because they will just like burn money literally light money on fire to set up whatever thing you like to be destroyed then they buy you out and they make it it's the, then they make the same thing they make the same thing like what's going to happen what's happening to Bandcamp right now because they just got epic games just sold it to some like firm that is in charge of like just buying weird stuff like that for their portfolio so it's probably going to become because that has happened beautiful yeah. i love i love the world we live in we got to maximize those profit margins mm -hmm. i think it's time we moved on from this i'm getting depressed let's this is, talk yeah. about this is less spooky and more just like sad <laughs> well it's like dystopian you know yeah, yeah. um it's I'm, one of those like dark foreign horror films that don't, you don't feel good <laughs> after this is like the serbian tale Ooh. of uh <laughs> horror movies 
Well, anyway, let's actually move on to a Halloween specific topic. So one thing that's been bothering me for ages is that all these Halloween playlists are using songs that like maybe mention like one spooky thing or their title is Disturbia by Rihanna. Like it's it's so tangentially related to Halloween that you don't really get like you're, you're not really getting seasonal music at all. However you think about that, that's fine. But this year there has been kind of a resurgence of Halloween specific music that came out like Duran Duran last weekend released their Halloween album Dance Macabre. I've not listened to it. I don't know if it's any good, but a lot of Halloween specific music is becoming integrated like new songs. So you've got like Mariana Cross by Ghost. What else? I got there's like songs by Lovecraft that are being added to these playlists. Who else? Ava Max. There's more opportunities for this because there have been like sync opportunities in TV and movies. So I would just want to know from y'all what what is your opinion on the state of halloween music and is it like a good thing that we're getting more halloween specific tracks we need more we need even more Mm -hmm. we need so much more i've been noticing a trend that halloween is becoming a lot more a trend it's a vibe you know halloween year-round kind of thing witchy vibes so uh, you know it just makes sense you know thinking about profit margins with music it makes sense to make more halloween songs and spooky songs i mean i think about other holidays like christmas we've got tons of christmas songs or even winter themed songs tons and tons and tons but just not enough about halloween yeah i, I completely agree there, there needs to be more a lot more halloween music the, the problem is is that we just don't have a lot of it and i think that's just because halloween as a concept is a much newer holiday plus a lot of people unfortunately don't take it as as seriously as they do something like christmas you know, like, let's be frank, there are one million songs about Jesus. In, At least. That's like minimum. It's probably more like a trillion. And on top of that, you have these Christmas songs that were like all the rage that have been made, like the standards. You think of like Jingle Bells and One Horse Open Sleigh, like songs that have been around for a hundred years, probably. And this is stuff that's been made. No one's really done the same for Halloween, probably because it's, like I said, it's a newer holiday, too. It was probably considered considered satanic to mm-hmm. make a Halloween I was going to say it's yeah. n- it's new to being popular. I think for a exactly. long time in our history it has been associated with, you know, demons and and like things that people actually believed in that it was evil. But now it's everyone trick or treats, you know. Well, that's why like the mm-hmm. monster mash was like a big deal and that it was a big hit because it was like the silly goofy Halloween song mm-hmm. at a time when like people were starting to really enjoy Halloween. Also, I imagine if you're like a producer like if you're if you are a giant artist if you are a taylor swift sized artist sorry to keep using taylor i don't know <laughs> there aren't a lot of big stars anymore you know that's another thing that's, there's, there's not a lot of big mm, like superstars so they're, it's, it's, they're, that are controlling the conversation yeah, too exactly and, like, talk about weekend, monopoly right well the okay thing you know is beyonce, like, what if beyonce if beyonce what if you're beyonce what if sure. beyonce is thinking about releasing um, a holiday song. First off, a holiday song is already like, okay, this is a very niche topic. We're going to spend all of this money to make your holiday song. You're going to go with a Christmas song because I don't know the numbers, but I guarantee more people are probably going to buy a Christmas song from you than a Halloween song. And I think that's just where people's heads go. I hate it. I want a million Halloween songs, 
The problem is, and this is the, the maybe the biggest problem with our playlist, is that a lot of 90% of Halloween songs are like from children's movies and stuff, which I mm-hmm. love. I love kids' movies. I love Nightmare Before Christmas. I would love... Hocus Pocus. Hocus Pocus. Or, or, or like, I don't know, a scary version of Manic Monday by like Mickey and Friends. You know, like this is the stuff <laughs> that's Halloween and most playlists are not going to feature uh, children's music and i you know i i get where they're coming from but that's just kind of it like the only halloween songs i can think of are yeah are stuff that's quote unquote traditionally considered for children so you're not going to see it on the um the same playlist as usher future super bowl champion usher <laughs> and um though i will say a, a, we got a big hit i think with with vampire by olivia rodrigo yes very that needs sca- to be yeah, on there that's a halloween song i think because fuck boys are very scary and it's literally <laughs> Literally has vampire <laughs> talk in the whole effing song, you know. So like, yeah, let's let's get more Olivia Rodrigo's to um, make a spooky song. Well, but then, what then? I think about does it have to be like explicitly about vampires or werewolves or Halloween themed things, or can it just be spooky vibes? Because I have some things that come to mind with spooky vibes, like Grimes. I find to be very spooky vibes. I'm not sure why. I think it's just. Yeah, the overall feel of the music. Um, also, her personal life is pretty. Oh, very spooky. Very spooky. <laughs> um, yeah, her children are clones. That's why they all have like those tag names on them. Very on cute. That, like... Very cute. Very cute. This is um, the batch number of this. <laughs> But I think of other artists like Yeji. I don't know if you're familiar with her. A little bit. So good. So good. But it, it always puts me in like a, ooh, I don't I don't know if I like this. I'm kind of creeped out right now. But I just can't stop listening to her. Or like Thriller, the biggest spooky song of all time. Well, yes, but that's you also know? like explicitly about monsters and stuff well, like it's, that. It's scary. You know, like I, it's not really, if the, the music video has like werewolves and zombies and stuff. The song itself is just about like, it, it's creepy. It's just a spooky night. Like a, another one bites the dust. You know, like these songs. Is that songs really are... on the Halloween playlist? Another one bites the dust. It should be. Ooh, it's about death. How scary. Ooh. I mean, this is what it has that spooky like bridge section where they're playing uh-huh. all the weird sounds and stuff. Um, uh, I consider a song a horror if it played at the uh, the X Universal Studios live show Beetlejuice's Rockin' Review, mm-hmm. which that song did. And that means it's a Halloween song to me. There you go. It's official. That uh, was totally clipped from the heart. Is that a Halloween song? Arguably, yes. it's about vampires. Are you? Arguably, it's vampires. <laughs> Turn uh, around. There's a vampire behind or, uh, you. Or what's the the Rockwell? I always feel that somebody's watching me. It's like a, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. a vampire stalking you. Yes, yes. And, and by that virtue, then every breath you take is also a vampire. Okay, song. these are like real. Yeah, real. What about songs about real fears? Like, what about fear of heights? Like a song about like Jump by Van Ooh. Halen could be a Halloween song. Yes. That's like. I love this playlist you're making. Don't Fear the Reaper <laughs> is another classic. Uh-huh, it also uh-huh. played on every Halloween playlist. I, I feel like the last true Halloween song that came out is last year Muse just like snuck the song You Make Me Feel Like It's Halloween on their um their last Ooh. album. And it is the campiest thing. It's got those like 50s Dracula organs on it. Love mm-hmm. it. Yeah. When they, I think I told you, Madeline, like Muse is terrible, but they're so good. We when talked, they yeah, remember, last time I was on yes. here, I remember we talked about that muse is objectively terrible Mm -hmm. but they're so good when they remember that they're terrible and (laughs) lean into it yeah and i'm i'm sure our listeners are screaming at me so i I need to address something 
Uh, yes, obviously there are metal bands that are releasing 5 million Halloween scary songs. Yes, there's Screamo. Yes, there's Horrorcore. We're not going to forget about Insane Clown Posse. Like, okay, <laughs> yes, MF Doom, when he was still alive, made a bunch of scary songs. Like, yes, mm. the, there are there are things. They are just in different genres than I, I think what we three maybe here listen to, but there are scary songs being made. They do just kind of get regulated to like the horror metal scene, like industrial to more of a gritty. It, it's not something that's usually made within like the pop genre. Sure, sure. But I just yeah. want to let you know, there, I know people are being like, no, I listen to a Halloween song every second. Like, yeah, if you listen to like death metal, sure. Which mm -hmm. I, who doesn't? I love that. Love that. Speaking of death art. Speaking <laughs> of, of death. <laughs> no, of, of scary pop music. What comes to mind is Ghost Tonight by Chairlift. Oh, one of my yeah. favorite spooky songs. Yes. Um, I, yeah, let's get into that because I wanted to wait until this topic because we were going to talk about spooky songs to talk about our own favorite sure. spooky songs for this. So that chairlift, mm -hmm. spooky. Tell us about it, Shay. So Ghost Tonight, it's it's just about being a ghost, uh, a go walking through walls and stuff like that. And it's it's got a creepy vibe to it. Her vocal riffs are just like earworms. I love it. Uh, yeah, it's a good one. Ooh, yeah. What about you, Madeline? What's what uh, song epitomizes Halloween for you? Like a spooky song. Uh, my head always goes to uh -huh. um, uh, Tom Waits' uh, What's He Building in There? That um, title alone. It's um if you're not familiar with it, I'm not gonna spoil how it works. It's a very specific kind of song, but um yeah, that's always where my head goes when it comes to like just really scary, scary songs. Um I guess also um uh Frankie Teardrop by Suicide, another classic one as well. Mm. For me, I'm gonna get a little bit basic with this. I last night I saw the Rocky Horror Picture Show <laughs> live for the first time. I've seen that movie a lot, but this was the first time I actually really? dressed up and I went Interesting. yeah I had no idea that there was the shadow cast or whatever that just performing the entire movie in front of the screen oh, my sweet <laughs> summer child I know I had to stand up and give like the virgin <laughs> pledge and everything it was something but yeah I guess the time warp and not just the the version from the movie but also Tenacious D did a cover of it last year <laughs> and Jack Black's voice is already so theatrical and he yeah. leans into it so hard so I, I love that version of the song I got up I danced in the aisles I was in the hot seat at the very front so there was like a lot of interaction with the cast um nice. it, it was a lot of fun um i can see why people do this every year yeah i also mm -hmm. learned that it's the people, longest there are yeah. people that do it every saturday night yes. <laughs> be honest there, were, there were people like there was this group of people in the very back of the theater who like were were doing all of the things like every single line of the movie they had like a a, a clap back for it and i'm just like <laughs> what are they saying they're like memorized everything well i mean this conversation alone is really stacking our own halloween playlist and think I, I i think i might actually make a separate playlist for this episode and put it up when the episode goes live because there's a lot of spooky stuff in here that i really love and some not that spooky stuff that also deserves to be on there but speaking of death because you brought up death earlier i want to move on to our third and final topic which is that two weeks ago uh when we were young fest came to las vegas for the second time proving that we are aging beyond belief and that we are approaching <laughs> death very slowly so for those who don't know this is now an annual one day well i mean two day really but it's the same lineup both days festival of emo and pop punk bands that were very famous in the late 90s early 2000s so the headliners this year were green day and blink 182 blink 182 
into with its original, well, not original, because it, for those who don't know, Travis Barker is not an original member of Blink-182, but the classic lineup is back together, and they performed, Green Day released a new song, we're not going to talk about that, but Good Charlotte was there, <laughs> Some 41, um, Rise Against, The Offspring, also like a lot of up-and-coming artists like um, Waterparks, Gene Dawson, Kenny Hoopla, like a lot of these young artists who are like making music in that style. But I kind of want to get y'all's take on that. Like, um, how does this festival make you feel deep down? (laughs) I mean, I personally didn't listen to any of those bands growing up, so I feel neutral about it. What about you? the youngest of us. I just turned 30. I'll have you know. So am I still the youngest? Jesus, yes. yes. (laughs) I mean, not by (laughs) that much. I just turned um, 34 uh, a couple weeks ago. So did Anthony. The youngest member. We had like the same. Our birthdays are really close to each other. Yes. Uh, The youngest member of the podcast, Jamie, is a very young um, Gen Zer. I'm not going to out her age, but every time she's on the show, I'm like, Jesus, you're a baby. I think it was mostly because I didn't listen to those to that genre of music. I didn't listen to mm-hmm. pop punk and stuff. Um, it just wasn't my thing. I just I don't know. I've always felt old. I don't know how else to say. <laughs> You're an old soul, that kind of thing. Oh my god! I feel like that's the most damaging thing you can tell a kid. <laughs> you know, but that's what they said to me. I'm like, oh, you're such an old. I just I've always felt old. I've never been cool or been like hip to anything. So like now I'm 34. I guess I feel older because like my body's shutting down or whatever. <laughs> Maybe I should just be healthier. But like I don't know. Like when I see like Blink 182 like headlining a show, like oh you're so old now. It's like yeah, but like what else is new? Yeah. Like when I was mm-hmm. a kid, I didn't understand what other kids were doing. So it's like now I'm an adult. I still don't understand what kids are doing. Cool. Like whatever. So right. it's fine. And the thing is, like, <laughs> we're approaching uh, an era. I mean, like, we're probably already there where like rock music in general is pretty irrelevant in terms of mm. um, the the pop culture. Sure. Yeah. I'm, I'm, there's always going to be rock artists like rock isn't going anywhere. But like a lot of these newer artists, um, do you think there'll ever be a moment where like a new band making this type of music will be able to to fill an arena or are we just completely mm. past that i i i say never say never to, to anything because styles are so hard to predict i, I do think there's a, a cyclical nature to to music i think i said this last time i was on too or i think that you know something that is popular um takes a break and then it kind of comes back like 30 something years later um we talked last time about um olivia rodrigo which i finally did listen to her album since then what uh, did you think it's really good i like yes. it. yeah i thought it was really good i liked it a lot and I, I think that that, you know, the Gen Z or whatever that grew up, you know, listening to their parents, which is unfortunately us um, like music, which is going to be stuff like Link 182, like that's going to be like their classic rock. And I think if you look at like music that was coming out in the 90s, that was all kids that were being raised on like um, Metallica or like um, punk music, like Ramones and things like that, or heavy metal and and things. Um, Duran Duran, for instance, mentioning that. And so they incorporated that stuff into like what was happening in the modern times, kind of putting their own spin on it. So I think that what's happening now is just the, the Gen Z or what, Gen Y? I don't know what's after Gen Z. Um, version uh, Gen of Alpha and uh, Gen just Alpha. To, that's terrifying. I'm yes, so sorry. Um, just so <laughs> to, to to drive home this point of feeling old even more, the 
kids who are entering high school, I think next year are not Gen Z anymore. They are Gen Alpha. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that's what I'm, that's what I'm thinking. Yeah. Like basically I think what happens is that kids listen to the stuff that their, their authority figures give them, whether it's parents mm -hmm. or teachers or um, other friends. And then they make a, an opinion about it. Either they like it, they don't like it or somewhere in the middle. And I think music is always a response to what came before. So there's going to be people saying, Oh, I like what came before. I'm familiar with what came before. I'll do this. Or people that are like, I hate what came before. I'm familiar with what came before. So I'm going to do this. Um, so yeah, I, I think music inspired by like the offspring and Blink-182, like, yeah, I think that's absolutely um, going, or, or if, if not already happening, like, I think a lot of modern rock is really, is still really emo inspired. Like there was a time where like every band, new band coming out in the 2000s was like a, a uh, American football ripoff, you know, like, mm -hmm. it's just like, that's how it is. And I am honestly like excited. I'm old, obviously like, yeah, let's all feel old. Like, okay. Okay, but then like once you're done feeling old like go and listen to some music the kids are all right it's yeah. as, as the I, who said yeah. i think they're fine. It's I, fine i i really enjoy a lot of these new artists like one thing i've noticed is that bands tend to be rarer and it'll be individuals making like band music I think yeah. that's, yeah, yeah. I think that's because of technology. I think, yeah, I would say acoustic music is way less common these days. You'll see sometimes see like a mm -hmm. TikTok hit, sure. yeah, or something no, like It's not gone, but I feel like electronic music is just so dominant which is not a bad thing. I like electronic music, but yeah, know, well, just an I, observation. I think it's just easier because if you're like one person with a computer, you can make like a whole symphony now, which you couldn't yeah. do when we were growing and up. And the accessibility cr to creating music has gone way up. So I, I think if anything, that's net positive. But yeah. it's, it just means our music is changing. And also people are much more online now. They're talking to people across the world. I mean, when COVID quarantine happened, that probably set a lot of people's minds to like, yeah. okay, I can't talk to anybody, but I can be myself doing this, chatting with who Whoever, um, a million miles away. And I think that's how music's going to be made. Like, I think stuff like the postal service is just happening all the time now in real time. Mm. Like, that's probably just what music is now. People just like sharing instantly because that's just how good things are now with the, the, the internet and modems and stuff. Mm -hmm. And I'm very excited. Do you feel old listeners? I guess. I don't know. Happy don't Halloween. Know. Death is the yeah. scariest monster of all. Honestly, I'm a big fan <laughs> of um, of all these artists coming up right now. I mean, like, big fan of water parks. We had Austin on the show. Love him. And um, Kenny Hoopla, we've been, we've been hounding him for a while. I love his show. He has so much energy. Like, he is really embodying just, like, the stage presence of, like, a good hardcore show from, like, back in the day. Like, um, very turnstile, but, like, as a singular artist. Um, so I've seen him twice. I've seen him at the Roxy. Tiny venue perfect for that saw him at bottle rock there were way too many conservative o over 50 white people there for the show but um he still gave it like everything that he had so listeners if you um w take any recommendation from me regarding new pop punk go check out kenny he's great he's been doing a lot of stuff with travis barker um i think he's still kind of dipping his toes into like what he thinks is his true sound but he has two eps under his belt and they're both amazing so go check them out yeah and jeff rosenstock still makes music like he's kind of like the big one everybody likes mm -hmm. when it comes to like pop punk or yeah that kind of scene yeah so yeah um or, hopefully cloud nothings if you haven't learned i yeah, cloud love noth cloud nothings they're not they're they're a little old at this point but not that their heyday was like the mid early 2010s so maybe right. they're a couple years too old <laughs> for gen z 
But uh, yeah, that's probably one of the best pop punk bands that I know of. I've seen them three times. They're amazing. I saw them open for Japan Droids in Santa Barbara. That's a show. That was a show show right when Celebration Rock dropped. (sighs) Yeah, there you go. I'm saying this now. Celebration Rock is like one of the best like punk slash garage albums I've ever heard. I guess Hold Steady too. I feel like another band to kind of think about Mm -hmm. in those terms, right? Oh, that's like still like mid 2000s. Like we're going back so far. It's fine. It's fine. Mm -hmm. Well, (laughs) enough looking backward. I kind of want to look forward. We're at the very end of October. We're already at November. Thanksgiving is on the horizon. Mariah Carey is currently being thawed (laughs) from her cryogenic freezer. What are y'all excited for in this coming month? (laughs) I think she's friends with Walt Disney's head. Just hang out and talk. (laughs) She's like, here comes the paycheck. (laughs) It's just like her and Trans-Siberian Orchestra are just like, here it comes. (laughs) Anyway, what are we excited for next month? I'm excited for cold weather or, you know, relative for L.A. cold weather. Um, Like I said, I'm wearing my cozy sweater a a little prematurely, um, but I can't wait to actually need it. Because I born and raised in the LA area, and I just have never loved the climate here. I just I need I need I keep saying I need to try at least one real snow, like a real winter, where I have to shovel the driveway. I need to experience it so I can like appreciate what we have here in LA. Mm. So I'm thinking of moving somewhere cold. Um, that's mm. how much I love the. Climate. Yeah, I'm going to Minnesota for Christmas, and my wardrobe is definitely not ready. <laughs> it needs time. It's gestating. <laughs> Let's see. What am I excited for? I well, you and I at the very beginning of November we're going to Punk in the Park. In, yes, we are. Yes, in Orange County, and that's another one that makes me feel old. We're seeing Pennywise, who I have not seen since 2012. So that's, that's going to awesome. be a lot of fun. Who else is going to be there? Circle Jerks. The other day <laughs> mm-hmm. that we're not going, that's uh, that's um, Descendants and Goldfinger. Mm-hmm. But still, if you're down in Orange County, go check that that's out. It's like the slightly cooler version of when we were young. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like not much, but like still yeah yeah um that that's definitely like uh the the bender from futurama i'm gonna have my own pop punk show <laughs> with booze and hookers like or what is it with blackjack black and, and hookers. hookers yeah and forget the blackjack and the hookers <laughs> in fact forget the pop punk show <laughs> <laughs> well the punk in the park is also a beer tasting event <gasps> oh. so maybe we'll have to report back Yes. I hope you all have fun. Jealous, for sure. Um, There's a couple more things I'm excited about. So Dolly Parton's finally releasing her rock album because she refused to be inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame until she made a rock album. (laughs) So Rockstar comes out, I forget what date, but it has a mix of originals and covers. So she has um, a version of Purple Rain, Magic Man, Every Breath You Take. And there's just like a murderer's row of artists. It's come up again. Yes. I want to hear a song about Dolly Parton stalking somebody. (laughs) She's going to sing. It. That's I'm very She's excited about that. Wait, and and Sting, just, Sting is going to be on the track with her. I just uh, thought of another spooky song, um, and it came up on the podcast recently. Uh, Harvest Moon by Neil Young. <gasps> yeah. Oh my we God. just talked when about this we with Poolside stingers. because he has a cover of that song. So when I, I was editing that episode, I was up. so mad at you, Anthony, for oh saying my God. you did. Neil Young, who's one of my, if not the, my favorite artists of all time, mm-hmm. like not knowing Harvest Moon <laughs> was a Neil Young song. I was young. I did did not know. Not I had Neil only... Young, though. You were just young. Yeah. Yeah. I was young. <laughs> 
No, I knew Neil Young. I just didn't know, like, because I only heard the poolside version of Harvest Harvest that, Moon, and so I thought it was a poolside song. That's insane to me. That is um, amazing. I love Neil all, Young, one of my favorite artists of all time. I just I want to apologize on behalf of the podcast for our our leader <laughs> and host Anthony for not knowing that Neil yeah. Young did that song. One final thing that I'm excited for is that a lot of artists are rolling through Los Angeles, and I'm going to check out a bunch. So last dinner party you're playing the El Rey. Very excited about them. They're very buzzy. My favorite new band of 2023, Modern Love. Um, very adorable young Irish band. They're still kind of finding their sound. They've like flirted with the 1975 and now they're going into like an early 90s grunge phase. And I'm just like, you're doing all of this well, but I'm like waiting for them to like settle down into like what it is that they want to do. So they're really cool. And then Joy Alatakun, she's on the way up. She's already collaborated with um, Noah Kahan. Um, she just does like a amazing like alt americana music so she's gonna be at the belasco and i'm going those those are all in the same week honestly i'm gonna go see all of those so very excited for all of that anyway that's that's my november i'm excited for fall weather also i like the cold i want to visit like portland or like seattle at some point in my life because when i hear what the weather's like i'm like Mm -hmm. oh that sounds like perfection to me because i love like that foggy dreary weather i'm seeing no name in november oh my god you were the one who told me to listen to her album and it's amazing yeah, no she's one of the best uh, rappers out there right now go listen to her if you haven't the new album is really good uh, her first album is also excellent just listen to her whole uh, discography what a great place to leave it Shay thank you for coming in to the bar today and picking up a shift this has been amazing I have become one with the couch <laughs> <laughs> I'm not moving for the rest of the afternoon Aww. but before we close up is there anything you'd like to plug Um, I mean I guess I might as well plug my mixology grant account um i'm not very active i don't do a lot of bartending mixology ing just kind of like special events on the side um since i have a daytime job but uh yeah it is mixology shay and of course it's going to be hard to spell it's mx because i'm non-binary mx.ology.sha mixology please go and follow them because they need sponsorship yeah sponsors apparently. sponsors sponsors yeah i'm having fun coming up with some uh unique cocktails and i've got a couple up there that i've made shay we didn't get a chance to talk about your music oh yeah i guess uh we'll just have to have me back oh so we can talk about it i will say also plugging one more thing um so i am as you introduced me a professional singer i'm classically trained and most of what i do is choral stuff so shout out to my choir nerds out there um and i primarily sing with pacific chorale they're orange county based um we've got some stuff up on spotify that i've recorded on um yeah check it out pacific chorale pacific chorale and madeline did you want to plug something as well yeah um i have a single on Bandcamp called try under my name madeline may uh please check it out if you if you can if you want to throw in some money you can too me and my producer friend before uh, Bandcamp yeah. changes before Bandcamp becomes mm. a horrible ooze that poisons the well of everything that we hold dear we can please. pray that it gets better somehow yeah let's all pray let's all pray <laughs> thoughts and prayers thoughts and prayers a secular pray <laughs> Well, sec- let's all secular pray. Um, but seriously, like, no, me and, and, and Trevor McMahon uh, worked really hard on this song, uh, Try. So we would love it if more people got a chance to hear it and spread it around. So um, that is my plug. Well, thank you both once again. This has been a fun roundtable. I am yeah. ready to go trick-or-treating. In fact, y'all want to go trick-or-treating right now? Yes. Oh, my God. Let's do talk it. Talk about creepy. I don't know about that. <laughs> and didn't we just talk about how we're so old? I don't know. Well, we'll see. We'll, we'll get let's... the cops called on. Then we'll just do the trick part. Okay. <laughs> 
<laughs> then we'll definitely get the cops pulled on us. Yeah. Or we can treat ourselves, you know, have this apple based drink with some apple pie. Or, or we could just <gasps> we could just buy candy. We are adults. That's right. I forgot. <laughs> what the fuck? The mic drop Someone moment. woke up pizza. And thank you all for listening to Tunes and Tumblers. Tunes and Tumblers is an Atwood Magazine podcast and a member of the Pantheon Podcast Network. Be sure to follow us on every platform. Also, uh, please rate and subscribe to us wherever you get your podcast. It helps us out so much. And if you go into that episode description and scroll to the very bottom, you'll find our Patreon link. Check that out because we've got a lot of fun perks on there if you'd like to support the pod. So please, please, please check it out. Every dollar goes to keeping the lights on and getting supplies to make these delicious drinks. Tunes and Tumblers was produced by the lovely lady sitting across from me, Madeline May. Yay. And researched <laughs> by Nick Nichols. Welcome to the pod, Nick. We are so happy to have you. All our digital content is managed by Jamie Kahn. Our theme song is by New New Girlfriend. Our hashtag mood jingle, which you didn't get to hear this time, comes to us from Jacob Jeffries and Jesse McGinty. And until next time, cheers. 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 It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.